Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. We're going to look at Matthew 28, verse 16. I want to talk to you this morning about going. And I want you to understand in your heart that the purpose that we are here is to go. And so this morning we are going to talk, in my heart, in my mind, it's a follow-up to what you heard last week on the day of Pentecost. The purpose of the empowering of the Holy Spirit is for us to go and to be his witnesses. So this morning, read with me. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you have chosen every one of us to come alongside you to work in your kingdom, Father God. That, Lord, you haven't just saved us so we can sit and be pretty. You've saved us, Father, so that we could go and do work for you. And so, Holy Spirit, help us this morning. Give us ears to hear and a heart to listen. Hide me behind your cross. Let my words be your words this morning, Holy Spirit. And I pray that we leave here challenged and changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read this verse again. But I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible. And so if you don't know what the Message version of the Bible is, it's just, to me, it's a more simpler English. So if you're not sure what the Bible says sometimes, reading the Message just helps to get a better understanding in your mind for what the words are supposed to say simply. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some thought... Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, making them, marking them by baptism in the three threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then instructed them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. See, here we understand, he says it very clear. Some of us, if we save somebody, and by that I mean we lead them to Jesus, I understand nobody comes to the Lord except through the Holy Spirit. But as we read this, some of us kind of keep scores. As Christians, I think we get our own scorebook. And sometimes we get somebody saved and then we're like, whoo, I get to take a year or two off. But here it says, I love the way it phrased, I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. 
This isn't something we're supposed to do for just a short time period or do once and then we're good. Day after day after day until Jesus comes back. Because some of the things we forget in the church, I think, is we forget that he's coming back. He's coming back. He promised us that he was coming back. And I believe that we can hang on to his promises. Mark 16 says this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these are the signs that will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. And after the Lord had spoken to them, he was taken up into the heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. The Message Bible Still later, as the eleven were eating supper, he appeared and took them to task about most severely for their stubborn unbelief, refusing to believe those who had seen him raised. He said that, then he said, go into, into the world, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved, whoever refuses to believe is damned. These are, the, these are some of the signs that will accompany the believers. They will throw out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will take snakes in their hands and they will drink poison, not to be hurt. They will lay hands on the sick and make them well. Many times in our Christian life, we ask God, God, what is your plan for me? God, what do you want me to do? As we're ending the high school semester and people are graduating, many students, Lord, what do you want for me? Lord, what is it that I should be doing? What school should I go to? I heard one pastor say that he thinks that God doesn't really care what school you go to just as long as you serve him when you get there. I wonder sometimes, do we pray so much about God that we actually don't do anything? See, there's comfort when people say, hey, what's your next step? Oh, I'm just praying about it. It's easier for God to direct you if you're actually moving. But we ask all the time, God, what do you have? What do you have? What do you want? What do I need to do? See, he actually tells us. Before he left, go into all the world, share the gospel. Many of us, we believe, well, see, Chad, the way I do that is I support missions. I send the band to you some money. Well, he doesn't say here, send some money to the world, which is good. Don't still give to the missionaries. Don't. What he says is you go, you, you. Does that mean every one of us has to become missionaries and move across the world? No. If you're like me, I just need to step out my door and see the lost world. The moment I step out my door and I see my neighbors and I see people across the street and I see different people around, I'm not a judgmental spirit, but I just know they don't know Jesus. And so I pray for my neighbors, don't get me wrong, I pray. 
But I'll be honest, I don't really pray that they come to know Jesus. I pray that, Lord, you'll open a door so I can tell them about you. Because I truly believe God opened the door for me to buy the house that I'm in so that I can share the gospel with the people around me. Many of you, you've been placed where your home is, where your apartment is. Students, wherever you live in residence, you have been placed there. We think that we've chosen this place, but God opened the door for you. The job that you have, it's not just so because God's your provider, he's placed you there so you can share Jesus with people. Everything in our lives, he's placed us in different places. If you ever ask yourself, Lord, why am I the only Christian at my workplace? Because he wants you to get more. God, why? I got no Christian neighbors around me. I know. That's why I placed you there. See, if we get our own little gated communities, we're not going to save the lost. Jesus has told us, go. Go, share the gospel. See, what excites me about this is the fact, and I know we're not supposed to just do things for this, but I love the fact that he tells us in Mark, What signs will accompany us? This is why I have boldness to pray for the sick. Because I believe what he tells me. If I am saved, I'll lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Well, Chad, some people still die. Yes, they do. Lazarus was raised from the dead. He's not walking around right now. If he was here, I'm not sure if he'd be walking anyway, but it's a whole different story. We need to understand that our responsibility is to go. But Chad, I've shared the gospel with somebody and they didn't come to church. You tried once and you didn't do it again? Again, let's think of our children. Let's think of yourself at about 12 months old. When you tried to take your first step, maybe it was earlier, maybe it was later. We can imagine if you took your first step and fell and said, forget this. That'd be a little weird. Don't worry about scraped knees or bruises as we walk with Jesus. It teaches us, it encourages us, it lifts us up. It might not encourage you in the moment, But we can be stronger in our hearts, we can be stronger in our faith because in the moment we hit a struggle, we look back to struggles that he already won. And I don't know about you, but I'm able to fight struggles now that I couldn't fight back then because the struggle that I was in back then, I didn't think I could fight, but I won it. It's how we grow in our faith. It's how God stretches us. See, everyone in this room, I believe God has a unique plan for everybody. I believe you're called to the profession you have because you're supposed to be there. I believe you're called to the workplace. I believe you're called to the school. I believe you're called to these different places because God has asked you to be there. But here's the thing. Every one of us has been called to do this. Every one of us. So I'm not sure if I can ask God for more from him if I'm not doing what he's already asked me to do. 
I'm relating back to parenting again, but think about it. I need you to go clean your room. Hey, can I borrow the car? Is your room clean? No. Okay, go ahead. How many of us are doing that? My kids are too young to drive, so I don't have to even think about it. But how many of you, I asked you to clean your room. Is your room clean? No. Oh, take the car. Go ahead. Most of us are going to go, your room's not clean? No. Go clean your room. But Chad, they'll yell at me. Just the way we get upset with God when he hasn't given us something that we're asking for, but we haven't done what he's asked us to do. We get upset with God when he's not answering prayer for us, but we're not doing what he's already asked us to do. So how do we do this? How do we tell people about Jesus Christ? Because I know we live in a society that we have to be politically correct, we have to watch everything we say, because if we say something wrong, we'll get corrected, we'll get people upset. But do you want to know something that people can't really get upset about? Your story. People can't get upset about your story. I can stand up here and tell you my testimony, and there's not really any part of it that can upset you, because if it does, it's just my personal story. And see, it's great, because in Revelation 12, it's verse, starting in verse 10, it says this, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God, and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of his brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Our testimony. Jesus' blood on the cross and our testimony. See, when I share people, when I share Jesus with people, most of the times I just tell my story. who I was, who I am. I tell them stories that I've seen and I've watched Jesus do. And they can't argue my testimony. We can argue theology, but they can't argue my testimony. For me to tell them who I was and who I am, they can't argue. I get to go and do a wedding this summer back home I've never done any ministry back home because the only person they know is who I used to be. So I know when I stand up in front of all of friends from high school, I clued in just a few weeks ago because Melissa pointed it out, it's basically going to be a high school reunion, which I wasn't really cluing in on. But I'm going to stand up in front of them and I'm going to be able to share Jesus Christ with them. And I'm gonna, I won't even tell you who they remember because there's certain parts of my testimony that don't need to be shared, but the person who's going to stand before them and talk about Jesus is not the person they used to see stand before them. And when I share Jesus and when they see the difference, they're not going to be able to argue it. It's our testimony. If you haven't done this, if you're not taking notes, write this down. Or don't. Nobody's moving. It's okay. All right. I thought it was going to be something good to say. If you haven't written out your testimony, you need to write it out. 
You need to write your testimony out enough times because most, most curriculums, and I know everybody's like about curriculums, but most times you have about 60 seconds, and I would even tell you 40 seconds, to share your testimony in what I call a preview, a teaser trailer to the whole story so it catches people's attention. Because see, sometimes when our friends ask us like, hey, what's different with you? And all of a sudden you talk for 20 minutes, they shut you off at a minute. But you get your testimony down to 40 seconds, hit the high notes. How many people you watch TV? All right. How many people have ever on TV seen a movie trailer? Some people are like, I don't know if I can confess this. Yes, okay. What do they do? Have you ever seen a movie trailer, gone to the movie and went, they showed us all the good parts? Exactly. They show you the good parts, so you say this. I gotta go see that. You share your testimony in about 40 seconds, hit all the high points, and then wait for this question. Whoa, can you explain this part? Absolutely. And now they've opened the door for you to speak longer. But we bore them when we try to tell the whole story, no offense. But we do. Try to shorten your testimony to about 40 seconds. So, my testimony. I was raised in the church and when at one of my youth events, somebody said something to me that was offensive and I took offense to it, which is my fault, not theirs. And I turned and I walked away from God and I did the party life. And there was many times in my life because of my mom's rule, who's a godly woman, always praying for me, said that no matter if you're, no matter if you, sorry, if you live in our house or you sleep in our house on Saturday night, you go to church Sunday morning. So I sat in the back row of my church many Sunday mornings, either hungover or still possibly drunk, as Scott Cooper shared the word of God. But I always felt accepted. And then in one moment, the Lord revealed himself in such a powerful way to me at a youth conference that he showed me what my sin cost him and what it, how my sin was already paid for. And I turned my life back to Jesus Christ and I ended up to where I am today, happily married, doing what God has called me to do. Is my life perfect? No. But am I happy and can I stand on his word when I'm in hard times? Absolutely. Somewhere in there, somebody's going to go, hey, a little more about that, even if it's the dirt. So, uh, what did they say to you that made you offensive? Let me tell you, and then I'll tell them, but hear me, I will tell what they said for about two seconds, share how it offended me for a total of maybe 10 to 20 seconds, and then turn it quickly back to how Jesus turned my heart around. So I give them what they want to know. Here's the dirt. I never use names. And then I lead it right back to Jesus Christ. And in that story, they'll ask again. This is why I encourage you, write your testimony down. I did. I wrote it down enough, or I've shared it enough in different times that I've been able to shrink it. And it's a little different every time I rhyme it off. But as we share it, we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, which is already shed, and then the word of our testimony, 
Share it quickly and watch how people ask you questions. And they're open to it because you're not preaching to them. You're just talking to them. How else do we do this? We tell them our testimonies, and then we have the greatest thing the Lord's given us. Love. Love. We love people. Jesus himself said in John 13, verse 34 and 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. This is one of the key verses in my life. You've probably heard it so many times. But they'll know us by the way we love. When was the last time you loved on somebody that didn't deserve it? See, here's the interesting thing for me. The Bible, do you know that the Bible doesn't tell me to pray for my wife? Because the Bible assumes that I'm going to do that. Jesus assumes you're going to do that. Who's the Bible tell us to pray for? Pardon? Despitefully use you. Those who curse you, persecute you. Otherwise, you're supposed to pray for the ones you want to punch. It's true. I know everyone here hasn't punched somebody and doesn't ever think about punching somebody. It's just me. So clench your fist, put it together, and pray. We pray. We love on them. Today, I don't know where you're going after this service. But if you go to a restaurant to eat, ask your waiter or waitress their name. They'll tell it to you, but then say to them, so it's Chris. Immediately, you'll see the shock on their face. And they'll be like, yes. And then ask them, Chris, how's your day going? Some of them don't know what to say. Like, it's good. Oh, it's good. Chris, I see that it's really busy in here. So just don't worry about us. Get back to us when you can. We'll be okay. When you come back, we'll try to have our drinks and food order ready for you. But Chad, they're there to serve us. Okay. Doesn't mean we don't love them. How do we show people love? How do we show people love? How do you show a coworker love? Grace, mercy. We show people love in the way that we want to receive it. How many people have ever made a mistake? Either some of you are really good or you're just lying to me in the house of God. <laughs> Anybody make a mistake? Okay, there we go. See, as soon as I say you're lying in the house of God, I was like, whoa, yep. <laughs> We've all made mistakes. How do you want people to respond when you make a mistake? Mercy? Anybody else? Understanding? Forgiveness. 
Now, when somebody else makes the mistake, how should you respond? Same way. When we respond the same way, people will give it back to us. Maybe. (laughs) But see, if we continue to give it back, if we continue to give mercy, it's going to force people to shift their thought pattern. And here's the thing. Even if it's a maybe, who are you responsible for? Ourselves. Ourselves. So when you're driving and you make a mistake and somebody waves at you, should you wave back? The answer is no. Just to clarify. We show love. We show love to the unlovable. This is how we share the gospel. We share our testimony and we love people. We love people. Acts 1, 7 and 8 says, He said to them, his disciples, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. You will. You will. It's not that you might, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be his witnesses. I need you to say this out loud. I will receive power. power. Say it like you mean it. I will receive power. power. And I will be his witnesses. I I guess if you're saying I, it's his witness, not witnesses. My apologies. But now say it nice and loud. I will receive power. I will be his witness. I This is what we're supposed to do. See, it's nice. Most of us want the power, amen? But will we do what we're supposed to do with it? The power comes on us so we can be his witnesses. We want the power. See, Jesus says that he is returning. And in Matthew 25, it says this, I'm not going to read the whole scriptures. Look at Matthew 25, 14 to 30. And it's about the master who went away and he gave his servants talents. To the first he gave five, to the next he gave two, and to the last he gave one. And without them knowing, they went out immediately, started investing it. But the guy who got one was scared, so he went and buried it. And they didn't know when, but all of a sudden the master showed back up. And he wanted to get his money back. And so the one who had five came back and he said, I took your five, I invested it, I did some stuff with it, here's ten. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had two came to him and said, I did some stuff, I, good stuff, not shady stuff, and I brought it back to you, now I have four. Interesting. One brought back ten, one brought back four. But the master said the same thing. Well done good and faithful servant. I love this because it lets me know 
that if you've been given five and I've only been given two, I'm not, trying to, I'm not supposed to keep up with you. I just need to be faithful with what I have. I need to use what God has given me. And when he's given me something, if I use it the way I'm supposed to, he gives me more. Because see, the one came back and said, I know who you are and I'm scared. So I hid it, but here's the one you gave me. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. And he took the one from him and he gave it to the one who had the 10. I've asked myself when I see different leaders all the time that are gifted speakers and they can step up here and lead worship too. Or musicians that can play the keyboard and then play the guitar and play another guitar and then play the drums. You make me sick. (laughs) I just want to clap on beat. But I love the fact that when I stand before God, he's never going to say to me, Chad, how did you do leading worship for me? Lord, I blessed everybody and I didn't. (laughs) He'll never look at me and, and judge what he's given me in that way. But he will say to me, Chad, did you teach and did you share and did you encourage and did you uplift and did you empower the ones I put in your place? And I'll be responsible for that. And then my prayer is, as I continue to be faithful, and I use the one he gave me, he'll give me a second so I can have two. And I was faithful with two, and I use those properly, and the way he's asked me, and step out when he's asked me, he'll give me four. Not because I want to be greedy, but because I want to do more for him. And the more I understand is if I go after God, And not his gifts, the more I actually receive. See, we get it mixed up. We go after the gifts and not the gift giver. We want the things, but we don't want him. Because see, the closer we get to him, the more righteous and holy we have to live. I think that's why we're comfortable where we're at. But see, here is the awesome part about this. Is the scripture tells us that you'll receive power and you will be his witnesses. He's chosen you to go on this journey with him. We understand that nobody comes to the Lord except through the Holy Spirit, but do you know what that tells me? He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. So you know what it tells me by him saying you will receive power and you will be my witnesses? He chose me. The almighty God that doesn't need any of us chose us. He chose you. He sits up in heaven and goes, I want every one of you. I can speak the stars into being. I can speak the trees to grow. I can speak anything I want and it'll happen. So all I have to speak and people will come to know me, but I'm not going to speak. I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to speak through you. He chose us. He chose me. He chose you. To me, that's exciting. To me, that makes me go, why? He goes, because I love you. I share my love. And see, we need to start sharing his love because the Lord is coming back. I don't really watch the news, but I can tell by the world that he's coming back. And Matthew 
writes down that Jesus said, no one knows about the day or the hour, not even a single, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. So since we don't know, we always need to be sharing. Because if you're not sharing, here's what you need to understand. If we're not sharing the gospel, you need to because your neighbor's depending on it. Your coworker's depending on it. That unsaved loved one is depending on you sharing the gospel. And we do it through our testimony and our love. We love them. We love them. We love them. Always love the saying that Jesus called his disciples to be fishers of men. He never once talked about cleaning them. Too many of us, when we go to share the gospel, we pull out the fillet knife. No, no. Love. 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 Let Jesus and the Holy Spirit clean them. Because I don't know about you, but he's still cleaning me. Love. Love in our testimonies. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. Well done. Well done. So what are we supposed to do? Mark 16 says, go into all the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news. To, all, to one and all, whoever believes and is baptized is saved. So your homework this week, invite and invest in somebody. Share your testimony. Write your testimony out. Step through the door that God opens because I promise you every week, if not every day, he will open a door for you. And we just need to step through because we have the power. We have the power of Jesus in us. You want something simple? Invite them tonight to the movie night. It's very simple. What little kid doesn't like free popcorn? What adult doesn't like free popcorn. <laughs> Invite your neighbors. Bring them to the house and watch God change their lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you speak to us and, and encourage us and challenge us. Lord, I thank you that you've chosen us to come alongside you. That, Father, you could do this on your own, but you've chosen us. This morning, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as I talk about this testimony, as these stories of how God's drawing people to you or to Him, you're sitting here and saying, Chad, I don't know Him. I've been there. And so this morning, if you're here and you're saying, I would like to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in my heart. If you're here, and this is for the people who have never accepted Jesus before in their life, never. If you're here and you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning and come into his family, just lift your hand up nice and high. Anybody who's never accepted Jesus would like to accept Jesus this morning. If you're here this morning... And you're more like the prodigal son who's walked away from God. And you need to get back to him. Back to a relationship with him. And you'd like to take that step this morning. If that's you, raise your hand nice and high. 
Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else want to join these three? I'm just going to ask everybody just to stand to your feet all through the place. I'm going to ask you to take the next step. For those that raised their hand, I'm going to ask you right now just to come and join me at the front. I encourage you to come right now. And as they come, let's give them a hand as they walk to the front. Let's celebrate with them. Now here's what I want everybody to do for a moment. Just in a moment, we all know as we ask people to raise their hands, there's nerves. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to ask your neighbor if they want to go to the front. Or if they need to come to the front. And if they say yes, I want you to bring them. I want you to walk up to the front with them. Ask somebody. Let's give them a hand. More, is there anybody else? Anybody else? Ask your neighbor. Gonna wait for a moment. Anybody else wanna come and join these ones? If I can get a couple of our prayer team just to come and join me. Anybody else wanna come? As the prayer team's coming, anybody that just wants to come and you said, you know what, I do need to go, come now. And bring your neighbor with you, it's all right. So everybody in the house, let's just stand with them. And let's just pray out loud, everybody. Let's say this prayer together. Father, thank you for receiving me. I give you my life to follow you. I am a sinner, and I repent of my sin. And I give my life to you. This morning, as you have chosen me, I choose you. Help me to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just give them a hand. Just stay up here for a moment. I'm about to close in prayer for the ones that came to the front. God bless you. God bless you. You can't plan this stuff. But this is special to me because, well, we've invited Karen, Melissa and I. And it's moments like this that when you invite someone you don't know, and to see God move, can I tell you something? I know most of us, we, we don't share the gospel, we don't share Jesus because we're afraid. And I know a lot of you look at me and say, well, Chad, you're a pastor, you should be able to share the gospel. But I remember the first time I did and how nervous and scared I was. I encourage you, I face fears all the time. I was trying to pull an illustration together for this morning to show you how I would face a fear, but I couldn't get a pet store to bring pet snakes. 
I'm being truthful. You can ask Pastor Ashley. She phoned all the last couple weeks trying to get snakes. And some of you might remember that I asked for a snake online. It was because I was going to hold them. And if they had a big one, I was going to put it on me. (laughs) Because I wanted to show you that I'll face a fear. Face a fear because it's rewarding. And Jesus needs you to. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father, for people coming to know you. And Lord, as all of us are standing around this room, Father, we take a moment just to pray right now for our neighbors. Begin just to call your neighbors by name. Father, I pray for neighbors. Lord, I pray that, Father, you open doors for us to share your love with them. I pray for co-workers. Begin to call them by name. That, Father, you will open doors for us to share your love and to share your joy. Share our story. And, Father, I pray for lost family. Lord, I pray for the lost families that every one of us has. That, Father, you'll help us share love and joy and peace with them. Share our story and lead them to you, Jesus. That we'll even just invite them to the house of the Lord, that they will experience your presence, Holy Spirit. And that you will draw them to Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you for today. I pray blessing on everyone in the room. And, Lord, I pray for just your spirit to flow through this place in Jesus' name. Encourage us, lift us up, and remind us every day that you chose us to be your witnesses and help us to witness for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.